Hi, my name is Ingrid Wolfart and I'm speaking from a beautiful village that's geographically isolated in South Africa called Prince Albert. And I'm sitting with a young man I've known for a few years and we were just chitty chatting the other day and saying, what has this COVID experience taught this small community and what can those lessons mean to others out there in the world? Um, just because we're small and we far away from everything doesn't mean that we haven't got something to share. Am I right, Enzo? Perhaps just tell us a bit about yourself before we get going. Okay, my name is Enzo Williams, was born in Worcester, moved to Prince Albert in the year 2002, and I'm a young man with a heart for my community. Mm. Um, I think my love for my community started when I started to volunteer at our local pop center. Mm. Um, and I can say it's in the heart of Prince Albert. And I think I was, it was in back in the year 2009 when I started um, volunteering at our youth center. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fell in love with my community and not just with my community, um, but with the kids of our community. And I saw so much potential mm-hmm. in a lot of the young people. But because of our, of our circumstances, a lot of young people got into this mindset that you can get nowhere mm-hmm. because of your circumstances. And so that's why mm-hmm. I saw the need. Um, for young people and what changed my mind was I think it was back in the year 2016 I was grade 10 Mm -hmm. but I failed the year and I tried to blame my circumstances Mm -hmm. Um, and for say for a few months it was okay for me because it made me felt good but it made me feel good but eventually I had to deal with the reality of it and told myself, am I going to stay in this excuse or am I going to move on? And I made the choice to move on and I made one mental shift and I got back to school. A lot of my friends left school because of their failure. But one thing I've learned um, is that failure oftentimes um, is a stepping stone to your success. Mm. And so when I made that mental shift, I can say that my mind and my life changed drastically. And in school, that was my mindset that if I fail, I'm constantly gonna get back up. If I fall seven times, I'm gonna get back. I'm get up eight times. And so that was my mindset at school. But when I finished, I matriculated mm-hmm. and I was in the top five, we went to Stellenbosch. So that's what a mental shift made. And so in the year 2020, I went to the Bridge Leadership Academy um, and I've learned a lot um, about not just community work, but community development in itself. And that's why I fell in love um, with community um, development as well. And so when I came back, we had to, they had to cut the program due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And so COVID hit South Africa hard. A lot of people lost their jobs, mm-hmm. um, meaning people couldn't, um, like breadwinners couldn't um, provide for their families an- mm-hmm. anymore because of COVID. Mm. So it was a choice you had to make. Am I just going to lay and blame COVID for everything or are Mm. you just going to get back up? Mm. And so I saw, and the feeding scheme started, um, COVID Cares Community Feeding Scheme started in 2020. And that was the perfect opportunity. I saw it as an opportunity to help my community. And so I think it was 40 young people, I think, yeah, yeah. That, that stood up while a lot of the adults in Prince Albert laid down and, and, and decided to, we're just going to leave it where it is. And so we called ourselves the Hope Warriors. And I'm proud to be one of the Hope Warriors. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's a story. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. I mean, there's so much we can talk about. Um, I love the idea that you said somewhere in your life you made the shift to realize it's how many times you get up and move on. 
And I want to almost say to you, if you can learn it, how old are you? 18, 19? Are you 20 now? I'm 21. 21. But if you can learn that at 21, what a gift to yourself for the rest of your life. Some of us take that lesson much, much longer. The feeding scheme, I think you need to tell us a bit more about that. Because remember, we're chatting here, but people have no idea the context of what we're Mm. speaking about. Just describe to me a bit what the centre looks like what the community looks like and then how did this feeding scheme with these 40 young people play out i'm I'm interested in that and why young people why you made a very good point not older people Mm. um i think so when when the lockdown started um there does put a lot of rules like you can't get out of your house and you have to be a permitted worker um, to get out your, outside your house and <laughs> this is a funny story but I think a lot of young people saw it also saw it as an opportunity to maybe if you work at the center and we're going to get um, a permit to walk outside this is going to be a good excuse for us to be mm. outside because young people we need to be outside we need to communicate with each other and so mm. like I said not just me but a few young people also saw it as an opportunity to socialize and maybe you came with that mindset but the feeding scheme in itself, the more you, you participated in it, the more I participated in it, the more I began to see the bigger picture. Um, I didn't just see it as an opportunity to socialize with the kids and to socialize with the other volunteers, but I also saw it as an opportunity to grow as an individual because having to think about it, um, we didn't get paid to do it because it was on a, on a voluntary basis. Um, and, and so it was really, to see what you can do for your community. Um, John F. Kennedy said a powerful thing. Um, I think he said, it's not about what your country can do for you, but it's about what you can do for your country. Mm-hmm. So I think you can take that in, into your life, but it's not about what your community can do for you, but what you can do for your community. Mm-hmm. And so describing the youth center, I think the facility, um, like I said, it's in the heart of Prince Albert um, and the facility was owned by Goed Gedacht, um, and so now it belongs to Prince Albert Community Trust, I'm proud to say it. And so the feeding scheme, we started out at the feeding scheme, started with, I think, one pack of sugar, one pack of maize meal. Um, yeah, and we just started out with that. And so it was an initiative, I think, of Petra Brutz. She has a, a local feeding scheme. And so that's, that's how it started. So Naim told us, he's the, the, Naim Brises is the manager of, of, of the local youth center. And he told us about it. Guys, come and help us. Um, here's this thing. And we were just finished, um, me and a, a, few of, a few friends who were at the college, at the British Leadership Academy um, on Goed Gedacht Farm. We came back due to COVID. And so part of our, our course that we have to, had to do was practicals. So we had to choose where we wanted to work. So the youth center um, was the perfect place we chose. And so, yeah, we started with that. And so that resulted in an internship as well, a six month internship that we then did um, at the Prince Albert Youth Center. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. Interesting, what, what would you say are the lessons that, that you take from that time? What did you learn that you will take into life, despite that very interesting first lesson that you shared with me. What happened to you that perhaps didn't happen to another young person sitting at home in this past year? Because because you were engaged with this feeding scheme, because you rocked up every day. I'm just interested, what 
what internal things shifted in you that you can speak so confidently and easily? This is not your mother tongue. Nope, it's not my mother tongue. I'm actually Afrikaans. Yes. Um, I think waking up every day, going to the feeding scheme, looking at, at the circumstances of some kids, because if I can, I compare my circumstances with some of the kids in my community, I could say that I'm better off. Um, and so, like I said, I saw it as an opportunity to serve um, my community and the internal shift that I said, that I became a more confident person. Mm-hmm. Um, I became more humble mm-hmm. um, in the sense that it's not just about me and what I want, mm-hmm. but it's rather about just putting myself in someone else's shoes and just serving. So I would say that I've that I've grown in my um, hospitality as well. Mm. But one of the things that I'd say um, that made me this confident person um, is the fact that you have to put yourself in someone else's shoes and also see something from from a different perspective. Um, so yeah, the internal shift. I'm still learning what it is actually. Mm. I'm still I'm still learning. Um, so yeah, it's it's not difficult to describe what it was, but I'd say that becoming this confident person, it's it's getting up every day, um, getting up with the mindset that I want to learn today and I want to see what I can do for my community. Because I can remember that there were times where I got tired, where I felt like I'm giving up, I'm done with this. But then what what woke me up every morning and what what drived me to get up. I think it was my community, the fact that I thought, um, what if I'm not there? Mm. What if I'm not there today? Who's gonna fill my shoes? Mm. And so I think that's what, what drove me to keep on going and push through. Mm. Yeah, I find it, uh, I mean, I find it so interesting because just looking from the outside on the process, I saw something happen that might not even be a conscious thing with most of the young people. But if we think at the beginning of March last year, 2020, mm-hmm. there was no feeding scheme. There was no engagement on that level with, with, with hungry children, with vulnerable older folk, etc., etc. The fact that young people took a thought, an idea that was just in somebody's head and actually executed the idea that it became mm. a reality. reality. That is very powerful because that actually, that power actually lies in each one of us to be agents of change and agents with a power to, to shape our environment and the world we live in. Because if you can take a thought, we need to feed children with no food. You said there was mealy meal and say cookies and come to the end of September last year, and if I'm right, there's 70,000 meals were served. Yes. So how do you go from this thought just in your head and that you can actually say after eight months, 70,000 meals were served to vulnerable children in this community. That is powerful. Because if it can happen in that situation, I'm just thinking Enzo, it can actually happen anywhere else which you choose to put energy into. Yep. So any thought in your head can become real. Yeah, it's manifest. Just, yeah, any any thought that you have in your mind can can manifest. Um, I'm I'm also an artist. I also write my own music. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I can literally say that there were uh, times where, like, there was this one song that I wrote. Um, it's the title in Afrikaans. It's called Unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote the song. A lot of people think I wrote the song in 2020 because I performed it in 2020 and also in 2019. But I actually wrote the song, I think it was in 2018 when I was in grade 11. Mm. Um, I remember waking up at, at 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, I had the vision of the song in my mind and I saw how, how I wanted it to play out. Mm. And so just getting back to what you said, that yeah, anything that you put your mind to, um, can manifest and, and, it, and it can become a reality. Um, if you as a person um, are driven enough to, to, if you set your mind to something and you motivate yourself to really start, all you have to do is just start and the rest will follow. But now that is, I think, a point I'd like us to talk about because I have a sense and I've seen it with some of the young people that I engage with they would first want the situation or the job or the opportunity to be the perfect one, mm. which is in perfect alignment with their dream world. Otherwise, they're not keen to engage with it. So maybe you have your heart to be a traffic mm. officer or a lawyer or a rapper. doesn't matter. Mm. But here comes an opportunity to feed children. This has nothing to do with rapping or with traffic. But it has everything to do with it. <laughs> and I can see sometimes young people cannot make that connection. Yeah. And if I was listening to you, if I must take what I'm hearing from you, just the discipline, the commitment to get up every morning, to pitch, to be in the workplace. Once you've learned that discipline, you've learned it for whatever you're going to do one day, correct? Yep. And maybe a feeding scheme has actually prepared you for where you're going in life. But you can't see that connection. You first, you want to start somewhere down the line. And that's not how it works. Um, I mean, tell me a bit about what you're doing now and, and whether I'm, what I'm saying is relevant or not relevant. I mean, do you agree, disagree? I, I agree with you because um, there's this motivational speaker, his name is Les Brown, and he said something. He said, it's better um, to be prepared for an opportunity and not have it, then have an opportunity and not be prepared. And so, um, if I if I look at myself back in school, um, I had this dream in my mind. I still have um, this this dream world. And you mentioned something that in our minds we have this dream, and our reality is something totally different. And that's just the thing: we can't control circumstances. The only thing that you can control is yourself and the choices that you make. Um, and so, yeah, right now, what I'm doing right now, I'm a teacher's assistant at mm-hmm. our local primary school. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, um, I've transitioned from the internship that I did um, at our, our youth center. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher's assistant. And so what we did at the internship, um, like we had to do project planning. Um, you had to get up at, say, 8 o'clock. You had to be at work. Um, till four in the morning, ah, well, four in the morning, four in the afternoon. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'd say that what I did at the internship, um, it was I didn't see it as 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 preparation for whatever I'm I'm gonna do after it. And like I, if I say in honest, in all honesty, I didn't even see um, what's my next op- what my next opportunity is going to be. So I'd say that. The internship for me was a, was was preparation for whatever comes next, 
And so the problem is in our community sometimes, like, like, like you said, and I think I can agree with you on that, is young people sometimes want the ideal opportunity um, before they start. And so that's not how life works. That's what I've, what I've come to learn, that the opportunity isn't always there, um, that you have to prepare. Um, so when life knocks you down or throws whatever circumstances at you, you're, gonna, you, you're going to have to make the choice to lay down and go with excuses and say circumstances, this happened and that happened. Or you can either make the choice to get up and go for whatever um, your dream is. So I'd say um, for young people, if I'd have to say something to young people who are mm-hmm. still in school, mm-hmm. it would be this. Don't be afraid um, to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. and to fail because if you fail it showed that you tried but if you don't fail you never tried because the things that we are often afraid of or afraid of trying are often or the dreams or the things that scares us the most are often the things that that's meant for us as 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 person in in, in the sense that um how do i put this in words um the choices that scare us the most are the choices um, all the dreams that scare us the most are the dreams that are the ideal dream or the thing that you have to do. Because sometimes we we operate below our potential if we go for things that we can easily um, get points in. See it as maybe as a test in school. You're good in mathematics or whatever and the teacher gives a test that you can get straight A's or whatever. Um, if you're good in something, you're comfortable with it and you can operate and you can do whatever you want. You can play with it because you're comfortable with it. But the moment something uncomfortable comes and the one thing, the first thing that will kick in is fear because how am I going to deal um, with this ideal situation or whatever? So if you're uncomfortable in situations, so you always have to go with a choice that makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. That's the point I was trying to make. I think, I mean, I think we won't be able to do it in this talk. And maybe it's a topic you and I can take on because I feel very strongly about what you've said. Because I often see that people through fear or in being in that uncomfortable space that they're unused to actually pull back and let the opportunity go. And then you actually, from the outside, of course, can see so clearly that it's the battle is actually in the mind. It's actually your mind and your thought life that's holding you back. And I also speak from experience. I mean, I've had it in my own life, but I'd like us to chat about that more, about the role of fear and lowering your expectations. Okay, anything from your side before we finish off on this talk? Um, I think what I would really like to say is that, is I'd like to end out end up with this quote um, of Les Brown it's mm-hmm. better to be prepared for opportunity and not have it than to have an opportunity and not be, be prepared and another thing if you don't see a platform in whatever area of your life you want create the platform mm. um, because we are creative human beings mm. um, so yeah that's that's what I want to end up um, or end quote or whatever yeah. <laughs> and I think what we're saying is that that in the world we're living in 2021, you are going to have to hustle 
you are going to have to find your way in this world. You will not be able to be passive and think it's going nope. to come towards you. Am I right? Nope. Am, I, am I on the right thought there? Yeah, you are right. You have to be angry. One of the things that I've come to learn at, at my workplace where I am now, um, the first thing when I stepped in, um, my mindset was always like, I have to learn. I have to see what I can learn. Um, and I, speaking from personal experience, what I've come to learn is that the mindset of the people around me is not the same as mine. I have a learning mindset, and so I'll throw myself in every un uncomfortable area in the workplace, and I'll try to learn. And so one thing I've come to learn is when you have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And the people yes. around you, they don't have that growing mindset. They won't see it as that. They will always see mm. you as a, a threat or you're trying to take my job or whatever. Mm. And so that's what I've come to learn. Um, about the people around me and so another thing that i can say is don't focus on those around you mm. focus on why you're there correct and what you have to learn from it yeah your journey your, focus journey. On your journey focus on your journey I because agree. we can get distracted the moment you focus on somebody else's yeah. journey yeah thank you thank you enzo we'll take this one further